yeah. don't you think like if I could go back and give like first year teacher Dave that advice, yeah. it's like yeah. stop worrying so much about that. You're worrying about the wrong yeah. things. Wrong think things. more about this. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the 103rd episode of the Hallway Conversations podcast. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Friends, we are thankful to our friends over at the Center for the Advancement of Christian Education for their generous sponsorship of our podcast. And we encourage you to visit their website at www.case.org. That's www.case.org. We're always looking for topics of conversation and feedback, so please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Your feedback and your ideas are important to us. Dave and Abby, welcome back to the hallway. It feels like a long mm-hmm. time since we've met. It, yeah. it actually yeah. has been a long time since, since we've met. Mm-hmm. Since our last meeting, the calendar has turned over to 2024. The trees and the de- decorations are probably put away. Although I did see a house with a Christmas tree still standing the, the other morning. We still have our lights on outside. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and, and the local students, at least here in Iowa, have had a few days of school and um, few days of school and a few snow days off. Not to mention minus forty wind chill, <laughs> and the semester is well underway on campus here. Although twenty six degrees feels balmy today. It, it yeah, does that's actually. Right. I went yes. for a walk outside. Yeah, it's nice. Pretty nice. Fifty degrees warmer than it was two yeah. two weeks ago. Anyways, I thought maybe we can uh, begin with just a little check-in before we start. So we're almost a month into the new year, and I'm wondering if you can share something that has brought you or helped you choose joy in this mm-hmm. first month of the year. Oh, oh, I got a good one. Okay, so um, I recently had a Barnes & Noble trip with my daughters. Um, my middle daughter, Reese, wanted to read. She was reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in school and wanted, like, knew there was more books. So we bought, like, all of the paperbacks. Oh, yeah. Because I have a full collection of Narnia, but it's all one bound book. Mm-hmm. And she wanted, like, the little ones. We bought the whole paperback set. Well, my son, Jace, who's eight, second grade, kind of got wind that, like, there was a book before The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, oh. which he's seen the movie of. So he is getting all curious about this. Oh. So Jace and I have spent the month of January several evenings reading through the first book in the series, which is The Magician's Nephew. Oh, I love that book. And the kid is delighted. Yeah. Like, when so he good. figures out things, because he knows The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right. Right. So then he'll, he'll, like, all of a sudden realize, like, when she, he figured out that Jadis was the White Witch, his eyes, oh. like, got yeah. super big, and he yeah. got so excited. And then just last night, we read the part where she threw Throws the lamppost and it starts to grow. <gasps> That's why it's wow. in the, like he, That's so and great. then like and wow. then the, the lion shows up and yeah. he's like, what? Yeah, so he's like good. Aslan's in this book yeah. too. Like he and so. Every time we finish a chapter, he's like, it's a cliffhanger. This is great. Like, it's just been delightful yeah. to read with him. So I think we're going to keep going oh, that's great. Um, through the series. But it's just been great to read it 
to a kid his age and just watch yeah. him discover and realize like the genius that is. Yeah. yeah, and the benefit in some ways of knowing the second book before right. you yeah. read the first yeah. book. Like he's I've never got, thought like, of that. He's got some some framework mm-hmm. yeah. to put down, and then he's just discovering it as yeah. as he goes. It's pretty fun. That's, That's one of cool. those book series that I I wish I could in some ways erase my memory and read for yeah. the first yeah. time mm-hmm. again. Like oh, I had yeah. that with Harry Potter too, where it was like. Just the like I can. It's the last time I can remember driving fast to a bookstore to buy a new book yeah, when it right. came out, and yeah. just to have that again. Yeah. How about you, Dave? That's so cool. I I got a Christmas gift uh, for my wife this year. I love coffee. You guys, it's no secret, yeah. right? I'm yeah. totally addicted to caffeine, all that, um, and. She was like, it's time for you to up your coffee game. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, great, let's do that. So she got me a nice electric kettle and a pour-over setup. Oh, we've been so, talking about this, so I need more information. We'll yeah. talk offline okay. about yeah. that. But okay. it, it has, it's such a, like, I've always just had a crappy drip coffee maker Yeah, that's what we have, and too, and like, we are fine, unsatisfied. But, right. Yeah. And, and now, like, this is such a different scenario. So, like, I dial it in so my water is 196 Ooh. degrees because it's 196 wow. degrees. And then there's this whole, like, technique for pouring. So I get okay. up at 530 every morning and have my devotions, but now it's like I had to dedicate. It's like it takes me about 10 minutes to actually yep. make a cup of coffee this way, okay. and it is absolutely worth it. It is okay. the best cup of coffee I've ever made for myself, Whoa. and I do it every morning. I and like so it. I love the ritual of it. I love that there's just a little bit of like time for me to kind of start waking up yeah. and just the aroma like the whole thing yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's a whole sensory experience too oh. so that's been a really good change for mm-hmm. me a different kind cool. of formational it is practice. Really. Yeah. i just think something even about the slowness of it it, it like, forces me to yeah. slow down and it's not like i can do something else while i'm doing it because i have to pay attention while i'm pouring yeah. everything right so it, it does kind of just Start me off in a in a different way. Good right. coffee is so good. Yeah. Like it's a good cup of coffee. Yeah. I, I would say for me, the joy of watching the new Percy Jackson oh, series yeah. with our daughter Madeline. So we is it Netflix? Did it come out it, or? on the Disney, Disney Channel? Disney. Okay. And the new yeah. episode okay. comes out every Tuesday, and I want to watch it right away. Oh yeah. But she has a dear friend who is, they've committed to watching it together. So I can't watch it with her until after she watches it with her friend. And so you wait all week to watch it. And so we watched this week's episode last night. And it's just a great story. But it's also like my daughter's 18 and it's just still wonderful to have Mm -hmm. these moments of shared experiences. Mm -hmm. So just really thankful for that. That's great. Hey, thanks for for that, folks. Over the, Dave and Abby, over the past week, I've spent quite a bit of time talking to local school leaders, and one of the questions that has come up about, has been about what has changed for them in leadership since they began their leadership journey, mm. whether that's in how they lead, what parents or teachers or students need now compared to, say, five or ten years, overall how the job has changed. Some of them have also talked about how some of the things in their role have not changed whether that's be their core values that they still cling to, the fact that everyone they run into still needs to feel valued and have a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. So lots of things have changed and other things have been, uh, thankfully, have sta- stayed the same. This has made me think about my own teaching career as a in the classroom, as a leader, now in higher ed, mm-hmm. and about uh, reflecting on about some of the things that have changed for me and some of those changes I'm thankful for and some of the things that have changed that maybe... I'm not as thankful for <laughs> that. Dare I say there might be things in the quote-unquote good old days mm. that I kind of miss. So here's my question for you. 
What are some of the positive changes you've experienced as a teacher, whether they be systemic or in your practice, pedagogy, your discipline, assessment, some other aspect of teaching? So maybe mm-hmm. in the larger education field or specific to your, um, yeah. to your own teaching. And are there some things from those good old days when you started teaching that you miss, even if it's just a little bit? So hmm. either of you, and you can go any direction you direction you want with this. But Dave, anything coming to mind? I, I feel like a bona fide old guy. Right, back yeah. in, the, back yeah. in my day. Let's not try to sound like curmudgeon right. old, right. old teachers. No, this is this is very silly. But we had uh, my first teaching job. I made I made my own bulletin boards uh, a lot and things mm-hmm. like that. We had the Ellison letter punch machine, so oh, I would yeah. just like punch out the letters for what I needed it to say and all that. Uh, but I always laminated the paper before I'd punch them out. And I'm just thinking right now about like the smell of the laminator, which I <laughs> yeah. like. And I haven't laminated something myself. I don't know <laughs> yeah. when the last yeah. time was. It's probably been 20 years or more since then, right? So that's something, Aww. just as you say that, it's something silly. But but it has me thinking about, like, my classroom technology in my first teaching job in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I did not have a computer in my classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't right? either. When I, I started, I, you're a lot like I remember I <laughs> when we got laptops. Like yeah. I had a maybe a big one. Oh sure. But yep. I remember we got laptops, and I remember when we had started to have the ability to project from oh, sure. our computer right. because yeah. I was using overhead still. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I was yeah. a middle school math teacher, and I I had uh, in my classroom I had a chalkboard with chalk, yep. not a whiteboard, yep. and I had I the, the wet erase um, overhead projector yeah. on the transparencies yeah. where I'm dragging my hand yeah. so it stains my yeah. my hand blue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. Right. So if, yeah, if we want to show a document, it, it was always a make it trans- a transparency. Yes, make it right? a transparency. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so interesting to think about that. That that's something. And I mean. That sounds very hoity-toity, right? To say like, oh, I don't, I don't miss chalk at all. Yeah. I, but I don't like mm-hmm. getting chalk all over my pants no. and everything. Yeah. I don't miss that in the slightest. No. Um, the wet erase, uh, lick my thumb to wipe off and erase no. my, oh my, my hair. I haven't thought about that in years. Right? I don't miss that stuff at yeah. all. No, that, yeah. that that's just fine. That said, I also wonder sometimes. I mean, I'm a tech guy and all that, right? But I, I wonder sometimes, could I teach without a computer? Again, yeah. right? So much of my teaching practice revolves around my laptop at yeah. this point, just in terms of document management mm-hmm. or the things that I want to present for visual aids in front of my class. And I'd, I'd like yeah. to think I could still teach without yeah. a laptop, but boy, that would take such a mind shift for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just interesting. It would be really interesting if someone for one day put a overhead projector in the, your classroom yeah, right. and just said, Try it. Go. Why go? <laughs> just to see. I, I kind of like to try it. I know. I, and part of me thinks I would just sit there and stare at it and say, what do you want me to do with this? Because yeah. I, I taught off an overhead all the time. And there's parts of it I kind of liked. It. Like, yeah. yeah, you write funny notes or you draw funny pictures right. as you're right. going or you kind of edit on I that. Still, I still do essentially the same thing with the dot cam sometimes. Oh, yeah. sure. Like yeah, with yeah, my yeah. own writing or yeah. with a document yeah. that I'm annotating. You can write on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point, right? So that's a, a different technology for it, but the, right. the principle, the pedagogy right. is it's still similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Abby? Something you either yeah. you don't miss or you do miss? Or? You know, I think sometimes I subbed in a high school classroom and it I've I have a lot of friends who still teach at the high school level and I do think I kind of missed when I left um, K twelve Kids had cell phones, yeah. but it was not ubiquitous to yeah. the extent that uh, it is yeah. Yeah. now. I sometimes think, like, I think that shift 
has been harder for how do we, because I think it's not only distracted in class, Mm. I think it's also a social shift, right? Where students are on their phones, they're having trouble connecting to each other, they're having trouble connecting to adults in Mm. ways that I don't think was an issue when I taught, at least not for the first little bit. And then as students, I think I kind of got in on the beginning of it, Mm -hmm. but missed the the big deal that it's become now. Social media, Snapchat did not exist when I taught. Yeah. Right? So... Um, yeah. So how? Yeah. So you taught on overhead, but no Snapchat. No Snapchat. Yeah. You're, you're that overhead. generation. Mm-hmm. Right? The in between. Yeah, we, and I, we are the in between generation. Yeah. My generation is the generation yeah. that is sandwiched. Yeah. Between yeah. Gen X and Millennials, and yeah. we did not grow up with technology. My first cell phone was I got it when I was a freshman in college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, and it was the Nokia, right? There was right. no text. Yeah. Like, you you had to hit wow. the the letter Whoa. like four times to get it's like the, a, the number four times. To, it cost money. Every text cost money. Right. So we never texted each other because yeah. you could call for free after like eight o'clock. Yes, that's right. Did you own a flip phone ever? No, I my first phone was like a block <laughs> phone, oh, wow. one of those like block yeah. Nokia's. Yeah. yeah, it was like powder blue it was great yeah Yeah. but so I sometimes think about how my pedagogy would have have to have had to have shifted if I was still there and like how especially high school even junior high teachers are handling that shift it's something I wonder about a little bit Uh, I I know of schools that are going to that idea of banning cell phones during the school day Mm -hmm. completely and and like not even just like keep them in your locker like don't no like don't have them during the school day kind of at all right at all not even not during class but don't have not not during breaks not in the hallway Mm -hmm. any anything right and I think what a what a paradigm shift that's got to be for families that are now very used to being able to get a hold of their kids at any time it makes me wonder who it's going to be harder on parents or students (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah, it depends right as you say Dave that's right one of the related to that though I think one of the things I I saw also shift around that was um interactions in the fact in the staff room Mm. like I I can remember again not and I I don't even bemoan it or I'm not doesn't make me grumpy just the liveliness of a good staff room at lunch or break Mm. or before after school um, versus sometimes coming in there and, right. hey, uh, teachers needing a break and just right, wanting to be right. on their phone. And I get all that. So yeah. that actually makes sense to me. But I also, like I said, I just miss, I love, there was something so energizing about like a good staff or like a, mm-hmm. a, a vibrant staff room discussion. So I also wonder, as we talk about students, I sometimes think about, yeah, how technology has impacted staff cultures and teacher cult- yeah. cultures at school. So it's a thing. It is a thing right. for sure. For sure. One one other that's come to mind as we're talking about this, and I started alluding to like parents' expectations. But mm. I I wonder. I, again, I feel like a old guy saying this, right? But like back in my day, but no, really, the school community, my first teaching job, the school community I was at in Escondido, Calvin Christian School, phenomenal, phenomenal place and very supportive parents. And I think, yes, it was that community, but also it was a different time Mm -hmm. than today. And I'm not trying to set this up like parents and teachers are, you know, at odds with each other, but I think there is more possibility for things to go in that kind of a direction or mm-hmm. to feel that way. Like we're not all pulling on the same yeah. rope here. We're not on the mm-hmm. same um, 
on the same page. And I wonder about that. Like, I think that that's something, I guess I'm doing self-analysis as I say this, right? Like, am I in that situation, right? My kids are out of high school now, but like, did I perceive it that way? Like, am I pulling on the same rope as their, mm-hmm. as my kids' teachers? And I'm not sure I always was. And uh, I'm pointing the finger at myself as I say that. Uh, so I wonder how, how that is. I'm, I'm sure I've had I've friends who are teaching in K-12 or school leaders in K-12 who will name that, right? Like the kind of support that they maybe used to experience from parents. Mm-hmm. It looks different today at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd be really curious to see some of the data related to um, how things have changed with parents and people either deciding not to become teachers or leaving the teaching profession. Mm-hmm. Like, how significant parent interactions um, is on that on yeah. that number? Like, I, yeah, I hear it. I he, I do hear it more. Right? Like, it's yeah. it's hey, I it's different with kids, but it's still there's still kids and students and right. and but it's it's some of the outside noise. Um, and I think we need to ask ourselves this in Christian, Christian schools, in any school, is to say, how are we educating our parents around what does it mean to part, partner with mm, us? Yeah, um, yeah. Because I, because I think on the one hand, we want, in, in no matter where we teach, we want strong partnerships with parents and healthy partnerships with parents, but then having honest conversations about what healthy partnerships mm-hmm. are about what what is acceptable in our community and what's not acceptable in your community and and just because you're a tuition tuition paying parent at a private school doesn't make everything okay does right. not give you the right to say or do certain things and i th- i feel like maybe that was assumed at one time maybe i'm wrong about that maybe the good old days weren't as good as i (laughs) think no i want to be open to that for sure but i do i do think i do worry um like i said if we want if we want good teachers how do how do we as parents and i'm again i'm looking at myself that way like how do i support um teachers in that and And every does it mean every time something goes wrong or I perceive an injustice that I gotta send an, mm. an email or do I you know I gotta get in someone's face about it and tell right. them where that where they where they went wrong? So I don't know. I may. Yeah, I, I don't also know. I also think there's shadow sides to everything, right? Yeah. I also mm. think there's been good accountability. Yeah. Yes. That has grown yes. for teachers. Point. Yeah. As well, right? Like, my dad got paddled at school, yeah. right? Totally. Like, and so you have to think about it yep. there's a from, the, there. o- from the other perspective, too. Like, I do think there's more accountability yep. for teachers not doing harm yeah. to students at school, too, Absolutely. than there has been thankfully. in the past, yeah. thankfully, thankfully, right? right. So yep. that I think every shift has yep. a bit of good and a bit yep. of bad in it. Yeah. It, it makes me wonder, like, and again, I'll, I'm thinking about myself as a, as a parent or just is like what it, what is what is high support high accountability right. look yeah. like exactly. even yeah. even for me as a in parent every to, in every situation yeah. right like how do i how can i what is healthy and high accountability Correct. look like in terms mm-hmm. of my child's education yeah. but also what is high and healthy support look yeah. like for both have to be true yeah not, and not just for my yeah. child yeah, but, no, but right for the community, for, for the, the teacher, for right? yeah. all of that. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. So I just wonder about. So it just makes me, it makes me 
nervous sometimes for young teachers mm. about, you know, I, I talked to one young teacher recently who got literally received like dozens of emails fr- from a parent who cared deeply for their child. Like, so, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't question any of that. Like, I don't, I want to believe that those things come out of a good place. But that's also hard because mm. it feels like it's never good. It's never good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think that can just wear you down. Yeah. And, and yep. yeah. So like, I wonder about it. Maybe you like in terms of even how we talk about differentiated instruction and that's mm-hmm. really important. And what's possible and what's sustainable when you have 28, like some of our teachers right. have large classes. Um, and to, to meet the needs of all those students oh, man. without any extra support or resor- right. resources. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, and the importance, I think, of distinguishing for parents to help them understand the difference between differentiated instruction and individualized yeah, instruction, right? Yeah, like, I'm not totally. going to write 28 lesson plans. Yeah. I can have two plans for the day. Yeah. Right, but no, I can't actually plan for every kid's yeah. individualized learning. We don't have the resources to do that, yeah. and that's an unrealistic expectation. I think if that's what the expectation parents are coming with, right? We need to be able to have that conversation as yeah. a school community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Abby? Any thinking? How about from the good old thinking about the good old days, or even uh, th- even different changes in your pedagogy now that things you're aware of now that fifteen years ago you weren't as aware. Yeah, I think. I'm getting ready. I'm prepping um, a class for tomorrow in my um, planning and instruction and assessment course on backwards design. Oh, yeah. Right? And I think when I was a new teacher, I totally committed what Grant Wiggins um, and Mateek call Mm. the twin sins of, right? Like covering content. And starting with activities mm-hmm. instead yeah. of starting with what are, what are the enduring understandings yeah. that kids need yeah. to take away, yeah. right? Like I had a textbook and yeah. this were, these were the things <laughs> that I was going to read. And I think I have completely shifted to, okay, yeah. what are my course outcomes? Yeah. And then working backwards mm-hmm. from there, yeah. which is, I think, mm-hmm. a much better way to yeah, go right, about right. things. And yeah. I think I have a much deeper understanding yeah. Of that, and even caring about learning more than caring about putting grades in, and leading students to care more about the learning yeah. than yeah. caring about their scores, yeah. right? I think I've just there's a whole host of things that I've done to yeah. move in that direction oh, that I think I'm just much better at. Yeah. Don't you think? Like, if I could go back and give like first year teacher Dave that advice, yeah. it's like yeah. stop worrying so much about that. You're worrying about the wrong yeah. things. Wrong think things. more about this. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you know, and yeah. I think. Thankfully, we get to keep Mm -hmm. growing and we don't Mm -hmm. get judged on who we were at 22 when we started teaching. Well, here's here's something I miss, but I know is not good practice. I miss the feeling of filling up my grade book with grades. Mm. And then when report cards come, adding them all up. And, and, div- and dividing, <laughs> like so satisfied. Totally, totally. I miss. I, that's all I'm saying. I miss the satisfaction of just yeah. doing that. I'm not. I don't want to go back right. to it. Right. I don't. Oh, I, I do. Come miss, on, tell me. A, a paper grade book. Yeah. Pros and cons, but yeah. I, I do kind of miss keeping a paper grade book, yeah. honestly, and the tangibility of that. Yeah. Oh, not a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not no. one bit. Maybe like a lesson planner with the squares. Oh, yeah. I kind of liked that. <laughs> 
Were you uh, like fill the square? No, person? I was no, very. No. I was yeah. like, yeah, but broad strokes, and yeah. then yeah. All right. Yeah. Friends, we know your time is valuable. We want to thank you for joining us today for another Hallway Conversation. Whether it's this day, this week, or this month, we hope the Lord gives you what you stand in need of, and we'd like to send you from here with a blessing. To our listeners, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have a good week. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out, and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends. Feel like an old guy. Hmm. Oh, man. I have so many questions. <laughs>